welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Dietrich. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Taj. That was a weak one, Taj. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Was Take not, two. Not much emphasis in it. I'm okay, Taj. There we go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hey, folks, thanks for coming back to the show. Or if it's your first time listening to the show, welcome. Um, we are a podcast that likes to talk about music, but we talk about it in a specific way. Um, just to give you a little background here, we have two sides of a record. When you look at a record, you got a side A and a side B. Side A is where we have a topic and we each um, bring a song that we think relates to that topic and how it relates to us from our own personal backgrounds, stories and things of that nature. Then we flip the record over to side B where somebody has passed out homework from a previous episode and we go over that music uh, that was given a particular album by a particular artist, uh, whatever the situation may be. And each one of us gives our choice track on what, what we like about that song on the album. So, and also what we think about the album as a whole. So sometimes we got some good picks, sometimes we got some bad picks, and sometimes we got some eerie kind of shit like we got right now. So in this instance, I wanted to bring up what everybody has seen, especially in the past couple of years, heavy. Uh, when certain situations come up, they may be bad situations, they may be things that are not quite all the way explained, but whatever the case may be, it, all it takes is one person to really make a big noise about it. And then next thing you know, they are considered what's called, quote unquote, canceled. When you cancel out an artist, that means that you are canceling out uh, any revel- relevance of that artist. You don't want to listen to them. You want to ban them from having their this music play. You basically want to ostracize them because of some heinous act that they performed, allegedly or unallegedly. So in this situation, um, what we did was we talked about canceled songs, songs that if they came out today in this day and age, would they still be relevant or would they just completely implode and that would ruin the band's career or the artist's career, so to speak? Um, the reason why I brought this up is because there was a particular song I knew back in 1980. Um, from a band that uh, was relatively new at the time. It was one of their first albums in which they came out with. And this one particular song uh, was made not because of the title of the song, but actually about um, the artist was listening or reading a book. And it was it was a reference to the book that he came out with the song, which is basically battling uh, exorcism and um, extensions. How do you say that word? Um, Existentialism? There we go. Existentialism. I couldn't pronounce it for nothing at the time. <laughs> but yeah, um, so it was coming from an odd view and about the emptiness of how somebody feels after they just took somebody's life on the sand. And it was not meant to be anything of a, a derogatory statement, but nevertheless, many people took it that way at that time. If they came out in this day and age, they would completely be blasted for any any impossible situation. So the song I'm talking about is Killing an Arab or Arab, and the band I'm talking about is The Cure. Um, a little behind the scenes note, uh, when the song did come out, um, there was a big uproar and how, you know, it was depicting killing an Arab individual, which at the time, you know, we were a little more tougher skin at the time, but still not enough in order to keep the, the, the protesters from coming through. And then, uh, consequently, uh, some of their concerts 
whenever they perform the song, there will be certain individuals, uh, aka skinheads or, or those of a, a righteous group, that will come through and sing the song with its unintended meaning. Um, basically trying to bolster the fact of the look of the title and what it was meaning for that situation and trying to promote it for other heinous meanings outside of what it was actually intended to. Um, uh, because of that, the band then uh, asked for a release from the label because they didn't like the way the label was turning um, their music into. So what they also asked for was the bastards of that release. Um, so essentially, the label was a German-based label. They didn't care nothing about the music, so they let them go. They were able to go back and redo that album, redo those songs. They had to change a couple of things because people were changing their mindsets on what's going on with that particular song and a couple of others behind it. But for the most part, um, yeah, they, they tried to keep the song true. There have been like several other remakes of the song by different individuals. They remade it back in 2011. And so it's just, it's been a roller coaster of a ride because of a particular title of a song. There wasn't even supposed to be that type of title. But yeah, in this day and age, I think they would definitely be canceled. What do y'all guys think? I, I I agree with you. I mean, so when I tried to find the song and, and, and I apologize, I, I found the live version, but that was mm-hmm. the only one I could find on any of their albums on Spotify. Um, so, I mean, if you're trying, I guess here's my thing, like <laughs> I'm going to go through a bunch of stuff on all of these, but um, you know, if you're trying to go for a message, you don't have to be specific about who you just killed. Like, if you're trying to do existentialism, like, you can just be like, I killed somebody, you know? Um, and I think that's what would... So, I don't know. I'm one of those people that I kind of side more on the cautiousness than... And so, I'm okay with stuff getting canceled or, you know, you know, cringed at or being like, you know, can we find a better way to say or do this? So... Uh, you know, but yeah, I agree that if this came out today, like you'd have people in uproar because you're like you, your message is getting lost by what you're trying to say. Um, and so th- that's where like th- there's better ways to say stuff, I guess. And and if that's not your message, then why is it in there? <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I think I think that uh, I don't know if you're finished, Taj, but. Uh, oh, yeah, I am. So, yeah, I think I can agree with what you all are saying, but I also know The Cure, you know, a fan of the band and stuff. I think we all know The Cure. Um, listeners, if you don't know The Cure, listen to their music. This isn't a testament of how they are, them being bad people. They're actually, you know, like, activists for, like, the right things, I think. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. with this song, too, it's also it's a, it's a message about war and about how – you could view somebody in wartime as being just an Arab, a bad person that's been pointed out as a bad person by your government or, you know, society for whatever reason after 9-11 and other things happened, you know, people were doing that all over the place and it was awful, you know, like someone would get attacked just because of the way they looked or, you know, and a lot of people from other countries, they wear different clothes, different garb that represents how they grew up. It's based on religion, faith, you know, the society. And some of it's good, some of it's bad. A lot of oppression involved with that, too. But um, and so there are a lot of negative connotations that are sometimes justified, like for the wrong reasons. <laughs> but uh, there's nothing good about killing in my mind. But I think I don't think I don't think that this band, The Cure, would 
I guess if they were coming out today, they'd be a different band completely. And that's kind of like what I started thinking about when I saw all of our picks. And when you first brought brought up your theme, I was like, wow, this is this is going to be a good one because I feel like that happens a lot with stuff from artists that I don't even think are bad at all, or that, you know, they, Oh, they couldn't mean something bad. This, you know, these guys or girls are, they're usually singing about pretty good stuff and they seem like they're on the right side of life, (laughs) whatever that is. But, you know, for the most part, I think we know what the right side of things are and, you know, in certain situations, but, um, yeah, I like this. I like the song, but it's not my favorite Cure song. I definitely think this one was thrown in there for a message. It, it would be, it would be dissected and it would be analyzed, and then they would make him, you know, change lyrics. I mean, you know, th- there'd be advisory all over it, but also I think they would be forced by their record label to change it up. You know, and that was the thing. You know? Yeah, that's exactly what's happened. In the situation, they were forced to try to change titles. They were forced to try to change lyrics inside there. They, yeah. They've gone through the gambit in this situation. And like you said, it wasn't the fact that they're a bad band or they had bad views. They mm-hmm. were literally coming at it from a novel's point of view and how it would be crazy to take someone's life and then you still feel empty about it. Like the whole the whole situation out of it was from a perspective point of view not for the fact that they actually wanted to kill that individual. That being said, put it in today's time frame. Oh, that's red flag all over this shit. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's Middle East all over this shit. Everybody is, is up in arms trying to figure out how you can let that record get out and then try to promote it as a single. They they would they would eat that shit alive. But go ahead, Brennan. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. I mean, I... When you mentioned this song and uh, the band, I was taken back because I'm like, wait, is this the same cure? And uh, and then I listened to the song. And I mean, for me, I don't think there's anything wrong with this song. I don't think there's anything wrong with the title, because when I listen to the lyrics, it's an anti-war song. It's Mm -hmm. it's anti-imperialism. You know, it's anti-discrimination. And and the, the, the title of the song, I think they picked the title of the song to be shocking. And if you're going to be a new band, this is a great way to be introduced. Um, you know, is the title. I mean, the only thing that to me is offensive about this song is the title. But at the same time, knowing the cure and what the song is actually about, um, you know, I it. it, it I, I understand in this day and age, it, it certainly would not probably make it past the censors, but I also don't think it's the responsibility of the artists to censor themselves because they know exactly what they meant by their song and they know what that title of that song actually means. And I don't think the cure mean anything derogatory, uh, toward, towards, you know, people, um, that are different from them. So, you know, I, again, like the only thing wrong with the song is the title, but I don't think they should they should censor themselves. And uh, I get why they picked the title, because, you know, people hear that and they're like, well, I want to hear that. And it's not their fault that people take the title of the song and, and do something horrible with it. That's not yeah. their fault, you know. So um, yeah, I, it, to I me, it, it's an anti it's an anti-war song. And uh Yeah. I, I don't know. The song the song itself is just okay to me, honestly. Like I don't think it's that great a song to begin with. Like there's a there's a reason why the cure sounds different later in their career and yes. were more successful. 
So, um, but I don't think they should censor themselves uh, and and rename the song because somebody doesn't like it. Because again, the message is in the song, and you know, uh, yeah. But I mean, definitely take it back when you hear the title. You're like, whoa, okay, <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. But yeah. you know, yeah. I get it. I get why they did it. It's again to be shocking. And how many musicians do things to shock people? Exactly. So anyway, so, a, little, a little lyric check though. Uh, so yeah, I, I think to Brandon's point, my point, like it does, they do kind of say that stuff too. Like in in the song, uh, whichever I choose, it amounts to the same. Absolutely nothing. And I'm alive. I'm dead. I'm the stranger. So it's kind of like they are saying it right there that this is this isn't going to get us anywhere. Killing people for whatever reason, especially because they are from a certain country. I mean, that's yeah. absolutely insane territorial fight. Fighting. And if if they had changed the name of the song, it never would have been a controversy whatsoever. Because then people would have heard the song, yeah. be like, "Oh, it's an anti-war song." It's only because the title. It's like an oxymoron that throws people off. Exactly. The uh, the backlash back then was probably. A quarter of what you get now. <laughs> and I know there were people that were getting mad and, you know, they were like the, I guess, the so-called hippies or people that were activists. Now it's just kind of like the cancel culture of society today will scrutinize everybody for different things. It's not all the same thing. So I can't just say it's one, you know, I, I'm not pinpointing anybody. I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's, it just depends on what it is, you know. But there's there's always an opinion, which is fine. I think it's my in my opinion, it's the view of everything is skewed a little bit, right? To the right, to the left, you know, just kind of all what it is. Yeah, it's just weird the way it is. And for the record, it was noted that there were no violent actions that happened due to the situation. So because of that being said, well, that's good. Yeah. At least a little bit of radio sunshine came out of that situation. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think we're done with that one. Let's go on to the next. And uh, Taj. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad there, buddy. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So oh, I'm just going to throw out what my song is. And then <laughs> say, uh, why, why there's some uh, some things about it. Uh, let me just take in a timestamp real quick. All right. So the uh, song I picked is uh, Don't Stand So Close um, to Me by the Police. This girl is so I didn't realize, I mean, I knew the song was always questionable on its own. Um, I never, there's a, a verse in there where they reference a book. And so I actually, uh, I, so I checked my source. I did two different sources. So I read like synopsis of what the book is, which I didn't realize like it, it's referencing Lolita, uh, which is like a high class drama, but it's kind of like one of those case studies of like, why the hell are we? have a book about this not that I would necessarily cancel it but it just uh, it's 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 iffy the, the main thing is the, the main qualm about the song and why it would probably be canceled today is because you know it's a teacher with an underage girl <laughs> you know she's half his age right and then the thing is the song is from the guy's point of view and doesn't give her any agency it, it, well 
it's weird because she, it implies that she knows what she's doing, but then it also implies that he can't control him, himself if she gets too close. So it's it's one of those things where if a problem happens, it's the woman's fault, <laughs> and he can't control himself. So don't stand too close to him. Because if you do, then it's your fault that something happens. <laughs> and you're like, that's not how <laughs> society works. Like, you are responsible for your own actions. You can't just be blaming shit <laughs> on somebody else, you know? <laughs> if somebody stands too close to you, then you either ask them politely to back away or you remove yourself from the situation, you know? Um, but yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's why I think this song with the different interpretations w- would not make it in this day and age. I think that's why it'd be canceled. So, <sighs> what? Am I wrong? No, no you're <laughs> not wrong at all. So, okay, all um, right. Yeah, it's 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 a trip. For the fact when you go back and look at you know some of the source material for the song, which I think is what makes this a great topic all in all. Right. Right. It's your interpretation of what you think something is and then you find out the other interpretation of what it's actually supposed to be and you know somebody especially for the naked ear you're just thinking oh that's a great song no that is about an improper relationship that could pop off at any point because (laughs) the teacher is not able to control his urges considering that a teenage girl or a little girl or whatever is coming on to him with a little crush. How many times have we seen those movies where the girls have crushes on, on the teachers and then so what happens, something happens and she winds up in his arms and the next thing you know, she's trying to kill off his family because she wants to take the wife's place. That's, <laughs> that's one thing. And then you look at today's age where you've got literally teachers that are 22 years old that are just getting out of college and or have husbands and the kids sitting at home and literally back and forth in proper relationship all over the place. It's running rapid. And it's like, yeah, if that song came out in today's standard, I think it would be canceled. From the simple from the simple point of it's coming from the male point of view. If it was coming from the female point of view, then that would probably be taken a little bit differently. But for the fact that it's coming from the male point of view and he's he's the you know, reflecting the blame onto the student as she should know better not to be coming on to him. That's complete crazy. So, yeah. And, 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 and also, not to try to sound crude, but when I was coming up, all of my teachers were butt ass ugly. So <laughs> I don't know how they skipped my situation. But I would want to get with a teacher. But then nowadays, it seems like it's happening left and right. And that's only because the media blasted on hold. But if they stop promoting it, that those numbers will come down considerably. But even still, yeah, this this would definitely put Sting in an awkward situation. Um, but he'd have to explain himself. And even still, where you getting your source material from and that Lolita situation and all other situation, because I've seen that book banned several times over in different different places and in different schools and such. Right. So yeah, it's 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 kinda right there. I think you hit the nail on the head. What do y'all guys think? So I I don't know. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. It's just a song. That's all it is. It's just a story. I don't think that Sting and the police have these ulterior motives. I know the story of Lolita. There's many different adaptations of it. And uh, that story is timeless and has been told in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't think that this song, if it came out today, would get you canceled at all. 
because it's just most of the time people don't even listen to lyrics. You know, you probably didn't even know what the song was about till you really started looking into it. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did a little research. I tried to look into the controversy. I tried to look into, you know, what the song was about, what Sting's intentions were with the song. Um, the song, I think, is fine. I don't I mean, it's it's an OK song. It's not my favorite police song. Uh, but I, again, I mean, I'm, I must be the wrong person cause I, I don't easily get offended, but you know, if I try to look at it from someone else's perspective, I don't think that there's really anything wrong with the song to get you canceled. Um, and I don't know. I mean, does Sting ever really apologize for it? Cause really, I mean, to me, it's just doesn't seem that big a deal. It's, it's pretty tame compared to some of the stuff that comes out these days and no one seems to get offended. So, you know, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, like I said, I'm, I'm the wrong person, the wrong, the wrong audience because I, yeah, I don't easily get offended. Well, and so, and I guess I should clarify, like I'm not offended by the song. I just know that it's questionable. Like, and it's one of those things that like, I, even with the previous one, like, the song itself feels like it's trying to, it, I think like, seriously, what I kind of think is like they read Lolita. They're like, Hey, this is an interesting book. Let's do a song about the book uh, or a song that they kind of pays a tribute to the book. And and that's kind of why, why I think that the song is, and and that's fine. I think it's just that though. I think there's I, a little bit of a, go ahead, Brennan. Oh. I was just going to say really quick. I don't, consider this a tribute to lolita at all it's not like yeah guys way to go (laughs) like i don't look at it like that i first off to be able to have to write a billion songs you know you're gonna have to like come up with something (laughs) and uh yeah i i mean I, i don't know I, I, I think you had to be very careful because, you know, you walk a fine line if you're going to censor yourself because someone may not like it. Like, sure. there, there, there is certain things that, yeah, you should not do. You right. should not do. Like, don't harm yeah. other people for sure. That, that's a good one right there. Right. But, you know, but it is just a song. So, don't anyway. wash your colors with your lights, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. So, you know, and, and I listen to these songs or at least in the, the background and, and my wife's listening to them and she's like, these are pretty tame. I'm like, they are. They're pretty oh, tame. Yeah. I'm like, they're, they're not, they're not that offensive. But anyway, no. okay. I'm, okay. I'm done. Okay. I know this is more yeah. serious than doing laundry, but, uh, yeah. So I think it's cause I just did laundry. Um, and that's where my mind goes. It's just the last thing I did. That's all I think about. <laughs> right. So, so. I like the police a lot. I feel like I'm on Brandon's side 100%, like with a lot of, but you know what? Here, okay, here's what I had to say about all this, too. I don't think there is a side. There's a perspective that could be gained by a situation or like a, a song like this. If you don't know the police, you don't know the background of Lolita. Um, I thought that this was based on, because Sting, wasn't he a professor at one point? Does anybody know? I think yeah. he ran into a similar situation. It wasn't the same exact thing. And that's what kind of prompted him to do the song. But the song is based on that story that you're the Lolita story. But it, like he was actually in a situation similar to this where like he had to like get a restraining order or something like that. Like it was kind of kind of like, you know, expected, right? He's staying. He's your professor. All the all the girls in the class are gonna love him. And, and this guy, this guy is like a heart the heartthrob of his time. 
and he still looks like he's like 30 and he's probably a lot older than 30. But uh, yeah, for, from his perspective and from the, the, the song itself, I, I think it's definitely like saying, no, that's bad. <laughs> Don't do that. Like getting with your students is probably not a good idea. Um, college kids, whatever, like even if they're over 18, <laughs> but it's like, and that was, that's more of like a curriculum bad, you know, bad thing to do. <laughs> Right. Because you don't want to get fired. But, like, you know, according to the law, eh, I think it's like 18 or something. You know, Hugh Hefner, he's, you know, the dirty guy himself. <laughs> he didn't care as long as you're 18. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Yeah. No, there was, there was, I didn't even mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I don't want to cut your thought off. No, I, no, 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 no. I'm fine with you good. interjecting. <laughs> okay. <Dietrich. laughs> Uh, no, no. I, I promise not to do it again. I promise you. <laughs> um, in, in this situation, yes, I, I have to agree with what you're saying, what both of you are saying. And actually, you know, I'm I'm that of um, thick skin as well. What I will say is, in today's generation, thick skin is is a is a anomaly, not not the regular point of view. So all it takes is, you know, one or two or three individuals who will hear something in a story that, you know, these songs are old in comparison. The new songs that are out now, they're just blatantly throwing all the shit out there. And we can pick a plethora of those songs, but those are the songs that they're considering okay. And that's what makes it hard to say, why can they justify saying these songs are okay? But the older songs that they're listening to now, those are those are predatory. Those are creepy. Those are, you know, you're, you're coming up with these thoughts on what this is. And you're trying to cancel that individual of a song that came out 20, 30, 40 years ago. Like, it makes no sense to me. And that's why this whole cancel culture doesn't make sense to me. Because you're basically ganging up on somebody on an idea or a situation that you weren't there to personally understand what was going on at that time. You're just taking it from a face value point of view. And you're saying this is wrong. And all the songs that we picked fit that exact mold. As a, we thought the songs were okay back then. Now you're saying these songs are not okay. And why are you saying these songs are not okay? And so I ran these songs past my daughter, and you know, she's you know 18, and she's like, uh, "That's creepy." You know, when I ever played the police song, and she's like, oh, "That's that's 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 gross." <laughs> she said it was creepy. Yeah, she was saying that was like, creepy. Who's like, Sting? He's a creepy guy. Well, no, yeah, and then she. She immediately went to the mindset of like, even with my bit, you know, she was like, that's just wrong. And then she, she didn't even hear the whole song in general of what is coming out, but she heard that first the, the hook and it was like, okay, that's all over. Now all of a sudden you're hearing, you know, about a teacher who could possibly sleep with a student if the student gets too close. And she's like, that's just gross. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but, but what about wet ass pussy? You, yeah, y'all don't have no problem with that. Like, what's, what's the difference? And she's like, well, those are females singing it. So it's kind of empowered. I'm like, so if a dude is singing about wet ass pussy, then that's, that's funny. Cause I was going to say WAP, but you just yeah, came right. out right outside. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, but that's what I'm saying. The, the whole thing right. is always is about agency. If the women, if the woman has agency, then it's okay. But this, if anything's ever, and, and that's what makes it hard. I'm not saying that it should be canceled, but it, you have to realize if it's hard because we can't give. <laughs> things have changed. Things have changed. It's been flipped. Today, it's a guy or a girl, first of all, because I mean, you know, like right. everybody's trying to see everybody 
the right way on a and like pronoun. equal playing pronoun. field. Yeah, right. I mean, there's like there's there's in a way I can understand why people like are were screaming for so long to get heard um, for things to be justified. Like, why are you you know why are you right. mad with this? Why are you with that? Maybe people wouldn't be so mad if there weren't so many um, situations or issues where stuff like, you know, uh, sexism and like, you know, people getting like harassed in the workplace or, you know, rape and stuff like that. I mean, like people have a voice. They want to be heard. And it's sometimes it's almost like the cancel culture society today is it's almost misunderstood in some ways because there are a lot of people that really have a message and really want to be heard. But then, like, it's easy to lump them in with other people that are just maybe just trying to uh, shut someone down for the wrong reason or which who knows when that is. I don't know when that is. Like, it's like you have to to get, you know, a court case opened up to find out what's going on sometimes. Like, but in this situation, the police, just like the cure, they're not bad people. (laughs) Right. I think that this is a great song. It's meant to be you know, a message about a situation that similar to something that I think happened to Sting, but, right. uh, but you but, know, so, but, but you bring up a good point that the other, the other part about, about it is that it feeds into a stereotype. That's not true. Right. And so the, the problem is, is that so it's a stereotype. Well, yeah, because if, if women come forward, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, half the time they're being blamed for the actions that the men take, and even if that truly happened in Sting's case, and I understand what maybe why he wrote the song, you know, most of the time women don't come forward. And then most of the time that they do come forward, you know, they're telling the truth. It's only a low percentage where they're faking it or coming up with stuff. But this feeds into the stereotype that, you know, she wanted it. And so he couldn't control himself. You know, That's what I'm saying. It's not. It's before it's time. It's before it's time yeah. because it actually fits so many scenarios now. But really, these scenarios have been happening forever. This, they're just being brought out now. So that's like Sting might have wrote this differently, you know, if he right. wrote this today. He would have been thinking about cancel culture. He would have been thinking about kind of how people view things now. There might have been a different scenario, too, you know. Yeah. It's just a, pro- it's a product of its time, really. And, yeah. You know, we didn't used to give a shit as much. <laughs> maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad. I think it's bad in some ways, for sure. In some some ways, it's like you shouldn't give a shit, but that's a different scenario. Like you know, be proud of yourself, do good things. But you know, yeah. we're all going to be canceled if this episode. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say, we're fucked. Pretty much. And on that note, Brandon, hey, uh, come up with what you your song, your pick, what you break up. Yeah. So um, again, like I said, I don't. I don't get offended easily. Sometimes a song is just a song. Sometimes a movie is just a movie, you know. But, you know, certain things are real life. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. But um, anyway, all right. So, uh, yeah, um, one of my favorite artists of all time is Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa is um, not, wasn't new to controversy. And uh, we did an album of his before. And there's definitely some songs on there that uh, are not radio friendly. And a lot of Frank Zappa songs are not radio friendly. And the song I chose is not radio friendly. And that song is Bobby Brown Goes Down. The cheerleader here wants to help with my paper. Let her do all the work and maybe later I'll rave her. Oh God, I am the American dream. 
And uh, this is from his 1979 album called Shake Your Booty. And uh, this song did not get radio play in the USA uh, because there is a lot of questionable content, sexual uh, content in the song. However, it was very successful in Europe. And it even hit number one on the single charts in Norway and Sweden. And uh, they even brought out a greatest hits here in the U.S. called uh, uh, Strictly Commercial, which are his big radio hits. And this song was not included. But in other countries, this song was on there. Um, yeah. So the song's story is basically about a guy named Bobby Brown, who's a misogynistic uh horrible person who's living the american dream and uh and then it just escalates from there um there's a lot of terms in the song that are pretty offensive these days um i'm not going to really like go into detail because i don't you know me personally i'm not going to offend anybody on this podcast i don't want to (laughs) say some of these words um but i totally understand how even back in 79, this song didn't get radio play. Um, you know, I, I think it's a great song. I think it's one of his, his best songs. I, I really enjoy it. I remember the first time I heard it, I thought, what the hell is this? Um, and it has definitely grown on me, uh, throughout, uh, throughout the years. Uh, Shake Your Booty is one of my favorite albums by, by Frank Zappa. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I I definitely this was a song that popped up right away in my head and I'm like this song would be very controversial there's like there's no way that this song uh would ever um this song would get it would get canceled then and it would definitely get canceled now but I will say on on Frank Frank Zappa's defense it's a satirical song it's satirical you know and that's what Frank Zappa did and like, if you take this song seriously, you know, I, I, I don't know why, because it's Frank Zappa. Um, so anyway, uh, definitely, um, dear audience, listen to the song because I don't want to repeat some, some of the words that were in there. Uh, but what did you guys think? Silence. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and start off just by saying, I had the same sentiment you had when you first heard the song. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> at the point in time, I'm like, there's no way this shit came out. And then it did. But then what I will say is, I, for me, knowing of Frank Zappa, knowing of the type of, of way in which he approached songs and how he approached characters within his songs and how he approached how how the intentions were supposed to come out. Like you said, it was satirical. Um, it's definitely one that I would not play at a family reunion. And um, <laughs> it would be one of those that's kind of like, did you really mean to go there or not? Knowing him, you meant to go there for the shock value. It was not meant to be intentional of that type of situation. But then again, when somebody's recording in a studio, you never know what their true intention is. They're never going to come out and just flat out say it. They know they got to play the field. They know they have to come out and, and do things and say things in order to try to make it look like you're playing nice. Even though it may be an individual that doesn't want to play nice, they're, they're crazy at the end of the day. They're not stupid. Right. So um, that's where the situation comes into play for me. I can definitely see where this would get canceled because all it takes is the wrong individual 
to listen to it and just think, oh my God, he said this and he said that and and, and we're not allowed to say that and, and I would get shunned if I said that. So why is he able to do it? And then go back, this whole back and forth and at this moment in time, you'd be fighting with an old man. <laughs> like, but you would still, you would still try to make a point across saying that this was wrong when you weren't around, you weren't even a, a, a sparkle in your parents' eyes at the time in order to figure out what he was talking about during this time. So I'll just leave it at that. It was a great pick. Um, like you said, not your favorite, but I definitely love that album as well. And I think this was one of those that he could have left off, but it's kind of like, why? Why not just throw that shit out there and see what happens with it? So, and I, so, I want to say I, I do love the song now. It's just the first couple three, four times hearing it, I'm like, what am I listening to? So mm-hmm. <laughs> now I look forward to it every time I listen to the album. So, okay. All right. So, so I'll jump in. Uh, the, there's only, okay. There's only one thing on, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, right? But some of it falls under the satirical part and you're like, okay, th- he's trying to make a point about the character of the guy, right? The, there's the main I would say that the, the main thing that stands out is interesting because <laughs> I'm going to kind of say what the problem is with it, but then I'm going to come full circle on it. Um, the main problem is the song makes an assumption that somebody's sexual orientation would change due to circumstances in their lives, which I guess could happen, but it, 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 it makes an assumption that um, if, if something happened to you, you would suddenly be interested in the other gender um but yeah it's it I, that's the, that's the the rest falls under satirical part like that i that's the only thing but yeah all right never mind i i rest my my time to the court you're getting canceled right now no. i know yeah um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Frank Zappa definitely. I, I think he's like like all the other songs and artists. Like he's he was a good person. He was an activist. He was um, on the right side of things, singing about something that is a situation that's not so right. I think I don't think this is the first time he's done this, right? So this isn't this is an uncharacteristic of Frank Zappa. And off the uh, a chic your booty. Chic, S-H-E-K, chic. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I think he's like kind of doing this on this album, right? This is this album's kind of geared towards this kind of message of like what's good and what's bad and what's right, and what's wrong. And I, I, I mean, the vibe of it's fine. I like Frank Zappa. You know, I think he's, you know, we talked about this before. I think he's, good, you know, when you uh, had him as a choice, his choice album. Like he's a good artist, man. He's definitely phenomenal. Um, I know lots of people are fans of, of Frank Zappa, and uh, I think I mentioned before my mom. My mom's been to his parties, <laughs> so uh, she didn't mention anything weird happening. So I think he's good. Uh, yeah. So this this uh, song is definitely taking the extreme with the lyrics for probably for a reason. I don't know how he like Frank Zappa is. He was the kind of person that he's going to do what he wants to do, and he knows that he's not being like a bad person or like a jerk or, or an asshole, whatever, you know, for making a song. Um, he would have seen this probably, probably today, just like he would when he first wrote it, if he were still alive today. And I think that love it or leave it, you know? Um, but yeah, the message in here is pretty strong. I mean, the whole uh, message about rape and, you know, like 
viewing people differently if they don't want to have sex with you or viewing someone that might be like gay or lesbian if they don't want it you know it's like there's a whole lot of stuff going on there's a lot of people that probably think this way um and that's what that's one thing that's good about music and it's good about artists like frank zappa and the police and you know whoever else the cure you know cure although that was one of their more strong lyrical songs i wouldn't say they're not all they have messages but like these artists are here because they're good artists but also these are the kinds of people that aren't afraid to speak out and that's that's what you need you know i think the message in music is definitely it's more effective when people are listening to a song and sometimes it throws you off. You don't know, like you said earlier in the episode, Brandon, you don't know what you're listening to sometimes. You just think it's a good tune. And then you're like, oh, wow, it's about that. Maybe that, maybe they'll like it afterwards. Maybe not. But, you know, that's, that's, that's what, that's what you go through as an artist. That's what, you know, that's just how it goes. That's what happens. Sometimes people will cancel you. Um, doesn't mean you're canceled, but you, you lose fans. <laughs> It happens a lot today, too. But, like, to your point, Dietrich, talking about WAP, <laughs> I mean, that is a different message. It's a different thing altogether. There's this, like, but it's also a sexual nature. But it's it's more of a, I think in that in that case, like, to go back to that, it's more of like a, uh, almost like a positive, like, uh, self-awareness type thing. I but, can't see it as that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, it is what it is. Say, I want you to touch that little thing of the thing and swing at the back of my throat like damn. Like, okay. <laughs> well, it's like Madonna. Madonna has done the same thing and it's kind of it's a it's a sexual awareness. It's of being like aware of yourself and who you are, as opposed to, you know, this is like a song of like but the, the you know the song your pick is definitely uh, Brandon is definitely about <laughs> the the awareness of what's out there. <laughs> I guess he takes it very far with this song though. Like I definitely wouldn't want to go through these lyrics all of them, <laughs> you know. But there is one that's like pretty crazy. It's uh I've got a cheerleader here wants wants to help with my paper. Let her do all the work and maybe later I'll rape her. <laughs> Holy shit. So that's not like Nirvana's rape me. That's like a different type of raping of your soul and your mind. This is like, an, it's a situational, you know, song where it's like, this is happening. This is what's out there. These kinds of people exist. <laughs> so, yeah. And these types of people are promoting songs and actions to other people and other people who don't necessarily know that it's just a song will go the wrong way with it. And that's that's the situation that's at hand. And that's what we're thinking about when we come up with these songs. Yeah, the list is pretty much kind of tame, but you're also thinking about the era that these lists are coming out in. And we're, we're all around the same time frame or so. So. Um, I think the newest one was the last one that came in. And uh, Damon, tell us what your pick was, bro. So my, my pick is definitely, I think it's right up there with y'all, y'all's picks. I feel the same way about mine, but I know that it has probably more of a reaction now than it, than it did when it came out. And it's not even that, you know, like he said, I have the newest one. It's still It's still dated, you know. Uh, this this is a song by Aerosmith, uh, you know, lead singer Steven Tyler. You've all seen him on, was it, uh, not The Voice, was it The Voice? 
or America, America, America's Got Talent or some, one of those. Anyway, um, I, I reference the newer stuff that you might have seen Steven Tyler in because he's been around. That Aerosmith's been around forever. So, like, when Frank Zappa was doing his thing, Aerosmith was kind of, like, younger doing their thing. And, I mean, there's there's definitely some growth there. And I think their lyrics and their music has changed. But um, so the album's Permanent Vacation. This was released in 1987, so the late 80s. The late 80s were a time where America or the world or people in general are just trying to starting to like kind of like realize, okay, well, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Stuff was slowly getting canceled, uh, but it wasn't full throttle. So late 80s was like, I would I would say the late 80s was still doing things and saying things on TV and in music that you would not hear today. So this is probably the tail end of that, but like you, you know, you heard, still hear that in the '90s. You still hear it today, but you're gonna hear it back. You're gonna hear back about it if you do or say something today that uh, maybe it's not quite right in some way. But I think this song totes the line. Is it a message, or is it just kind of like a goofy? Uh, I don't know if it's a goofy song about like you know what, like who cares? You know, like it's it's maybe like a social commentary. But dude looks like a lady is the song that Aerosmith uh, sang in in um, 1987 off Permanent Vacation and. I think that like the video and like um, you know the lyrics and everything are just it would be canceled. I think it would be canceled or made to change in some way to fit the narrative of what people want to hear or uh, yeah what they want to hear or what they want to see people like talk talk like or acknowledge today. I mean, and I I, I kind of think that I kind of think a little bit it should be canceled in some way. Um, but also I think that they're trying to not really trying to put a message out like some of your also picks, but I think, I think that their message was more just like they weren't really thinking about how it's good, how it, this could affect people. So it looks like a lady is, you know, it's, it's about a dude looks like a lady <laughs> and it's almost like, okay, there's a lot of people that are, that are in the category of trans and that's, um, that could be definitely be offensive to people that I guess don't want to be like made a joke of. And I think that this song almost kind of makes fun of that idea. Like, Oh, you look like a lady. That's hilarious. Um, and I think of the song, he's almost like, it's a situation where he's like about to have sex with a dude, maybe someone that's trans or, you know what I mean? So that's almost, it's kind of weird. Cause I don't know what, really is happening <laughs> is he about to have sex with somebody that's that lied to him and they're trying to be trans but they didn't tell him or is it like they just he just didn't he, it's a dude he thought he really looked like a lady that much there's all kinds of wrong going <laughs> because like if if they were to come out with that today i think they'd be stumbling on their words a little bit so they would have to cancel that song altogether or change it up somewhat to fit the narrative of today to, to have a positive. And I, and like I, like I said, I think they were having fun with it, but that's just the thing. Like they didn't, people didn't really think about a lot of stuff then. And, and I think the, uh, the view on gay, lesbian, bisexual, you know, trans back then was like way, way different. And we just now broke the ground where it's people, people can be themselves. 
and not be afraid, you know? So, but I think that something like this almost kind of makes you want to crawl in a corner if you're that person, you know? So well, what do you guys think? I, so I'm going to jump in. So I, I've been back and forth on this. I think for sure, this is the, the tamest one of the four. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. First of all, because the fact that it uses dude, which is slang, and it doesn't say male looks like a lady or man looks like a lady. It gives it some saving grace. The other thing is with, I agree that the concerns are there, especially with trans, but the thing is, is because the community is so big, if the music video had Rand Paul, and is all about drag queens. Like this is just going to be an anthem for drag queens. RuPaul, RuPaul, RuPaul. Yeah, uh-huh. RuPaul. But yeah, and that's where th- this song, because the slang, and because if you present it in the right way for a certain certain part of the community, this worked. It just it, it's it's one of those things where people have their pronouns, and it's just you have to be conscious when you see somebody and be like, hey, what pronouns do you prefer? You know, but if it's somebody that is a he, you know, but wants to look like a lady, then you're fine. You know, and that's where, right? Yes or no? Am I wrong? Okay. I that I wasn't going to interject. I was just going to give you crazy looks. Um, I know. Oh. Okay. But I, I'm just saying that's where it's implied that dude is a good male, but, but you know, it's yeah, pretty I, clear. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the I mean, country, I think I don't know. I, I don't know. So, it, no, see, I, see, it's real tricky, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it's tricky because dude is slang, and the problem is you don't always refer to women as dudettes. Sometimes you can refer to women as dudes. So, like, if it's a real tomboy, <laughs> but we're talking up, about 1987. Dude meant dude. Dude meant a guy. Lady meant a lady. A female. You know what I mean? Like. He's probably like we've all heard people say dumb shit more so in the eighties. <laughs> I think. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm just saying <laughs> how it could survive nowadays, but yeah. I mean, I, it could I be fun. I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead, Dietrich. Yeah. No, no, I was, I was just gonna say it could be fun, like you were saying, but I. I go back to a term back in the day. It's an old term called cross-dresser. You had an individual that dressed up like a woman. And maybe that woman or person dressing up like a woman was trying to come on to Steven Tyler. And maybe Steven Tyler was probably drunk enough or high enough to possibly want to do something until you saw a bulge coming out of the pants. Or, you know, you saw that person take off, you know, the dress and it's, you know, got hair on the chest or whatever the situation is. So it made him change his mind. Um, in this situation, I think it does fit the bill only because he's singing about it in a derogatory stance. Like, dude look like a lady. He's not saying, Absolutely. you know, he's not saying dude yeah. look cute as a lady. He said, dude look like a lady. Like, damn, so, dude looks like a lady? Yeah, it's like, uh, is, is this really what I'm trying to hook up with? Is this something? That, am I being pranked? Is this a joke? Like, what the hell? You know what my preference is. You know what I like. This is not it. He's talking about it in a derogatory term. So, yeah, it could definitely be looked at as crazy because now all of a sudden you have that community that will jump up and, and throw the bees at him and then sort of parents say he's being sexist, that he's not giving us the right to exist. He's trying to clown me for who I am or who I want to be. And that literally is council culture. If you're trying to, to mock me for who I am or what I choose to do, you're shaming me for it. And because of that, 
you don't need to have the success that you have. You're a bad person. Right. Which is like, how the hell can you say that? But at the same time, you can't tell nobody what they can't or cannot say or interpret. All you can do is try to make it make it the best explanation that you can for whatever the situation is and hope that you come out on top. Because there have been several individuals that let them say something in a song about somebody's pronouns or let them say something about somebody's dress or somebody's look. They're getting blasted more so than they are getting praised for being a good song. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of like, you know, lyrics in here. Like, let me take a peek, dear. Turn the other cheek, dear. Do me, do me, do me. <laughs> you know, like, I, I think it's it's pretty raunchy, but it's like almost like they're saying, you know, Steven Tyler is singing about how it's not what you wanted. It's not accepted, but eh, fuck it. I guess if we, you know, you know, turn the other cheek, but. It can be interpreted in many ways. I don't think that they're bigots. I don't think that they were meaning for this to be taken in a bad way, but it was kind of thoughtless in a way. They were loose yeah. with their words, and it was the 80s, you know? Uh, what do you think, Brandon? So, for me, personally, I, I the song doesn't bother me. You know, it's a song from a band in the late 80s who are trying to stay relevant. And, uh, you know, I mean, they were around since the late 60s. And this, I think, is like kind of their resurgence around this time again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I looked into the origins of this song, and apparently this is based on Aerosmith meeting Motley Crue and oh. Nikki, Nikki Six, And that's kind of where the song came from. And apparently one of the co-writers... Uh, he has said there was a question of whether or not this song would be offensive. And apparently they all decided it probably wouldn't be. So they went ahead and made the song. Um, I, I don't know. Like the, the, the funny thing is like, I don't find the song offensive, but I will say, I mean, like I, I think of all the songs, I think this one could be the most offensive because I think it <laughs> exactly, is. Exactly. I think this is the most right derogatory. <laughs> this is, you know, like it is derogatory. Like in, in a way, that's what in a, in a way. I mean, it is, <laughs> but at the same time, like it's a stupid rock song as Nikki well. Six, and I, I don't, nece- I don't necessarily think that their intentions are to be to be mean spirited, and I don't think that they're right. you know like transphobic or you know like I don't think that yeah. I don't think they are. But you know, no. I don't know what their true intentions are. But I will say. I don't I don't I don't think that this song will be canceled or would be canceled today. But I think that there certainly would be, uh, you know, a a strong, objective voice. And I could totally see why, you know. And and one thing I will say, too, is like, you know, sometimes like if you put yourself out there, you know, some like just you have to be willing to to take a hit as well. You know, like, I don't think you should censor yourself. But at the same time, like. Be very like if there is opposition to what you wrote, like you need to be able to to take the punches, too. And uh, right. So anyway, I the song is fine. I mean, I think I like that song maybe more when I was younger. Now, when I listen to the song, I'm like, all right, this is just kind of repetitive. But (laughs) yeah, that's probably what it is. It's a diss track. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. It's a diss track. It's meant to be offensive. It's meant to get it under somebody's skin. It's meant to say you look like a bitch. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. It's like, but yeah. but I also think it's just a stupid. It's a stupid song. 
you know, and, but that's and it's the whole a, point. It's a stupid, it stupid, catchy song with an earworm. And I right. don't think that their intentions were ever bad. Um, but, you know, but but I will say this, though, when they had to ask themselves whether or not this might be offensive right there is when you go, it might offend someone. But you went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah. You so, did another line of coke and said, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. And then you flipped your yeah. fucking girly hair, you know, because you were Nikki Six or whoever. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I those I guys were nuts, dude. It didn't seem like it came from a bad place, but no, I mean, know, but it's but again, <laughs> like, I don't I don't believe that it, it, in the big scheme of things this is not it's not that bad a song, but it's a stupid song. <laughs> so like, I don't I almost feel like Joe Perry didn't want to do this. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like Steven Tyler maybe was having fun with it. And it makes sense that they were like, you know, doing this about like their fun times or whatever. But when you're that, you know, scared alone in the dark, you know, transsexual kid or something, then like it's 1989 and then you got this song about dude looks like a lady coming out. You're like, oh, fuck, no, I'm really going to go hide. Like, that's the kind of thing that I think this might have done to people. And, I, you know, it's just it's you're having fun. You think it's funny and it's maybe it's about something completely different, but they just weren't, you know, it, it just wasn't there. Was, the awareness wasn't there. And like I, I said this already, like, I, I think all of the artists are, are good artists and I don't think that they have ill intention uh with their lyrics um definitely not the other three this one was was so uh different because it was more of something that's supposed to be fun but then you know that your fun is someone else's misery so there you go that's my thought okay i can see that that's what's up so um everybody anything else i I think we're i think we're pretty good i think this was a a tame situation but it brought up some good points Okay. For everybody to say what their perspective was, and now we can get into the meat and potatoes of it. So, all right, you ready to flip that record? Yep, let's go ahead and flip that record and go to side B. So, uh, Diedrich, you had some homework for us, didn't you? I have some great homework for you, and this is the reason why. The main reason what would maybe come up with this actual topic. So, um, there is a couple of individuals right now. In our time frame that we know of, and we're not going to say their names, we're not trying to, try to give them any kind of um, credibility or any kind of popularity based on what they've gone through. But there are certain individuals that have um, been very predatory when it comes to women, um, have been very, very grotesque in their actions and what they do with women and how they come about it. Um, and some of those individuals, not all, because there's a whole slew of them out there um, that are still out and being involved in the entertainment business in some way, shape, form, or fashion. But some of them have been placed in jail based on this particular topic, right? So when we talk about cancel culture, there are some people who have slid below the line of what cancel culture is. And this particular individual is one of those that did that, mainly with the track that he released on his debut album that literally had all the makings of being a perverse type situation. Um, but, you know, we know from time uh, all over, you know, you've always had older men with younger women. But this is coming amongst the time where it's like now you should start looking at it like, do you really need to get with somebody that's so much younger than you? 
versus, you know, a person that's more closer to your age and what you're doing and how you're doing it. And that's where the whole, you know, shaping and forming somebody in order to to be all your sexual will and do all that other stuff for you. That's where that comes comes into play. Um, I wanted to call out this individual mainly because one, I've never been the biggest fan. I do know his music very, very much so. I do understand, you know, the popularity behind the music, but I think he fit the bill of someone that would, you know, predicate on or or take advantage of individuals from a younger mindset that don't necessarily know what all is going on with that. Um, that being said, anybody else who wants to listen to his music, you go right ahead. And my mindset is kind of like, eh, I really can't listen to that. Even being a DJ and going back and, and playing certain songs at certain venues, I would try to stay away from this artist just for my own personal taste, along with a couple of other folks, but mainly, you know, folks like this. Where I thought those particular songs were made with that intention, and I just can't play it with my own self-conscious. So the song, or the, the actual artist that I chose, has been a R&B legend in the game. Um, he's been known for quite some time as being uh, uh, a pioneer, especially when it came to the crooning side of R&B. And uh, it's definitely somebody that everybody knows one way or another. And uh, who I'm talking about is Key Sweat. And the album that I'm talking about is the uh, 1987 album of Make It Last Forever. And so let me just go into a little bit of this so maybe y'all can understand where I'm coming from. Because Key Sweat is one of those individuals that he didn't start off in music like everybody else did. He didn't really care about music um, coming up. He actually had different jobs and different things that he was doing. Um, before the music actually took place. So, um, he was born in Harlem. Um, he literally is one of five children. Um, he was a nice stock boy at Macy's, um, and then turned into a mail room clerk at Payne Weber, uh, brokerage firm. He actually, uh, became a brokerage assistant. And so he, he, and then a, a supervisor at the New York, uh, mechanical exchange. So he was actually going down the Wall Street lane. Like he was not trying to be a singer, so to speak. Um, it wasn't until about, you know, 79 to 84 where he actually got involved in a, in a group. Uh, Jamila was the name of the group. And from that point on, you know, he actually started trying to take music a little bit more seriously. So in my mindset, I'm like, okay, that's, I'm not mad at you for doing what you're doing and, and getting caught up in different situations. That's all good. Um, from then on, he actually met up with an individual, uh, that, took him in under uh, Entertainment Records, and that's where he actually started forming his own voice after he left the group and became a solo artist, and that's where this particular album is coming from. And Make It Last Forever is his debut album in 87. He was 26 at the time, um, turning 27. So he was already going to the upper point of age um, comparison to people like you know Whitney Houston in comparison to people like um, Bobby Brown and other folks who are who were younger at the time frame when they were coming in to start him around the late 80s going into the 90s. He's already an older individual in that mindset, right? Keep that in mind. Um, the particular songs that were on this album were jams. Don't get me wrong. Um, from from an R&B standpoint, it literally shot up the charts, got number one in R&B rankings. A couple of songs made top 100, uh, uh, top 10 um, across the land when it came to, to R&B. He's won a couple of Grammys and things. Um, he, I'm not going to take away from any of his stellar achievements from what she got from here, but 
um, one of the songs in particular that break to that point. Well, let me just bring up a couple of other songs. It's a, yeah, something just ain't right. There was a chart topper. Make it last forever was his number one hit that came from this album. How deep is your love? Or was a was a was a mainstay on the R and B charts. Um, but the main song that came out of here was a song called Right in a Wrong Way. And the Right in a Wrong Way is a song where it's it's a coming of age song for the, the girl that he's talking to. And, you know, he's saying that you may be young, but you're ready. Um, and I'll show you what you need and I'll, I'll do everything that you need in order to make you feel good. You'll be in my arms. And, you know, that's that's where he's coming from. So don't play no silly games with me. Um, you know, all, all I need is your loving right now. Hold me tight. So at the end, he's saying you're a big girl now after everything is done. And it's like, wow, those those are a lot of those powerful lyrics. So in my mindset, you know, I'm taking it one way. When I was hearing it as a kid, I used to love that song and, and all that sort of stuff. Then when as I got older and started paying attention to particular lyrics and songs and, and artists and how they move, um, he hasn't had anybody that's over the age of, of well, 30, 35. Um, a lot of the groups that he brought in as a producer, they were young girls, um, that, that you know, uh, close one of them. And so he basically just, you know, had them singing songs that he wrote and it was all about sexuality and, and what, what we'll bring it up. Now, this is a time in R&B where they weren't so vulgar in how they were coming across, but you still knew exactly what they were talking about. And for now, going back and listening to it, I feel like I'm a little bit judgy in how I'm coming across. And I understand that that's, you know, I could be taking either or. You either like it or you don't. I'm never going to deny the hits per se, but the messages behind the hits is what kind of gets to me and what made me thought about the whole cancel culture. Because had anybody focused on a couple of his songs that he's come out with, um, you would hear the young categories inside of him. You would understand, you know, where he's coming from with those songs. He's flat out tried to deny any association with R. Kelly or anybody else that's been been deemed to be uh, a predator, sexual predator of young girls. Um, he doesn't even talk about his old songs now when it comes to any kind of interviews. Anybody ask him about his old songs, especially that particular song, he has no comment about it. He just says that was the time frame for what it was. It keeps it moving. So with that all being said, my favorite song on this album um, that I have to I have to give credit to um, is Make It Last Forever. Just because that's that's one of those quintessential jams that you cannot get past. You know that that song is going to be a hit when it comes on. You know that you know you got a duet that's going on within that song, and you know it's it's definitely a club banger. It's definitely a, a a club banger, so to speak, especially for an older crowd that knows that music and knows to listen to it. So that that was my favorite song on the particular album. What do y'all think about uh, T-Sweat and how he is portrayed in this particular album being his debut? Well, were there any allegations against him? Like, I I don't know if there were, like, he was never, like, prosecuted or anything like that, right? No, he was never prosecuted because he couldn't come up with any evidence. But there were, there were several allegations that were thrown at him over the years. Girls that were saying they were pregnant by him, that were underage. Girls that were saying that 
Um, he took them backstage without, you know, checking for ID or anything of that yeah. nature and just going right. at it. So okay, he, yeah. he's allegations. Yeah, all just straight allegations. So allegedly he's been just, uh you know promoting this lifestyle and what he's looking at and how he's looking for. And he like you said, he flew under the radar. Like he he escaped I don't know, a Bill Cosby situation. Like it sounds kinda like he might have been close to something like that. I, I mean, who am I to say? I don't know. But I, I mean, I also picked Make It Last Forever. That was that was my choice, just because I I like the collaboration with uh, Jackie McKee, McKee. Yes, and it does. It, it's something I remember. I do remember that song. So that's that's another reason why I picked it as a choice track. But uh, it definitely seems like it's not a, a one sided song either. <laughs> so that's that was maybe like the better of the the album but yeah there's this this might fall this is close well i mean this is different from our picks our our song picks with the theme um i don't really like remember keith sweat when i was growing up but i do remember i do remember that song though it was on the radio a lot it was a radio hit uh as far as like what what he's allegedly done i mean it, it it's all it's really hard to say but like it fits the bill with a lot of these situations where the person ended up being guilty. But I think a lot of, you never know. I mean, and there's probably a lot of situations, a lot of artists that are like Keith Sweat and uh, whoever else that are being accused of whatever. Uh, some of them are guilty. Some of them are not. I don't know, but I mean, how many of them got away with it? <laughs> it's kind of like a scary thought, you know, and was this like, very predominantly happening in in R and B and rock and roll everywhere. You know, it's yeah. just, just like Hollywood, the music yeah. industry is just as bad. It's oh, it kind of so. seems like it could be. Like, why not? Right? Uh, it was, uh, statutory rape is all over the place. It, it was definitely dominant in the R and B and and rap and rock uh, genre. Uh, when you're talking about folks that you know would go and pick out girls from the crowd and they would come back and those girls may look older, but they're not. And they would go in right. and do like little heinous things with them. Even even other R&B artists like Bel Beard DeVoe um, when it's on Dooney. It's, it's literally, he says in the line, backstage, underage, adolescent, adolescent, <laughs> high. <laughs> yeah. Action took place and come to find out Buster right. Brown was the one that wrote that part. So it's like, damn, like how, yeah. how, how rapid was this during the time where individuals are coming out in songs and blatantly talking about what they're doing with young girls is, is, is mind blowing. But yeah, Keith yeah. Sweat has, has had several allegations. Um, he's also been, been, uh, found to try to clean up the internet per se of any of those allegations that came out against him for whether means of being rape, statutory rape, and or domestic abuse. Um, and he's got several kids from different individuals. Some of them have spoke out against him. Some of them spoke out against other folks, but he never went to court and was never actual charges due to the fact that there was no evidence in order to back up those individual statements. And you, you said he's not like really doesn't talk about his music from back then. No. Nope. Uh, so obviously he's seen it about these situations. <laughs> he's like, they're in his lyrics, you know, like his songs, but, oh man, like as far as like, if you're bringing this, the theme over to the choice album, <laughs> uh, I, I think that, yeah, definitely like, like I said, make it last forever is probably my, my choice pick. And the other songs, like they fly under the radar themselves, the lyrics, mm-hmm. the way he sings it. Like, it's just, 
a hidden message. <laughs> you don't know. You don't really know what he's talking about. It sounds great. Like you could listen to this at dinner with the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does anybody listening? Does anybody know the lyrics? Elevator. Yeah, all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, elevators. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's singing about a fifteen-year-old. He's banging. It's like, damn. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> Well, that, that being said, okay. but but again, that's that's allegedly. I'm not going to sit up right. and say that man has done anything because outside of the allegations that have come at him and the and the lyrics that were within the songs, this is where to me cancel culture comes from. It's an individual to take something their mindset of what they think it is and. And they run with it and they think that this person is wrong for the things that they're doing and they need to be accountable for that. But unless something is proven, how can you hold them accountable? Thoughts, concerns? So I, I guess I'm I'm still not sure. Do you like this album? I love this album. I just love okay. I love I love the album and that's the reason why I picked it. But the one particular song that was on the album tied into what we were talking about before, and that was that um right in the wrong way. Okay. And that that in itself made me not like that particular song. And the reason why I can't I can't play that song. I'll play other songs off of the album because either the message is very well hidden or, or it's just, you know, a good song within itself. But that one right there just kind of made me made me think about, you know, where is this actually coming from? Where is this going? Why are we singing about a young girl and taking her virginity and making her a big girl now? That was just kind of thrown off to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely know the name Key Sweat, and I've heard a lot of songs. Um, I don't know if I've ever listened to a whole album, but I do remember some of the songs on the radio. And um, yeah, I mean, overall, the album is fine. It definitely is a product of its time. Mm-hmm. You know, it is definitely late '80s, early '90s R&B. Um, you know, that's not a that's not a, a bad thing by any means. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it was fine. It was it wasn't a bad listen. You know, I gave it, you know, a spin a couple times just to make sure, uh, you know, I felt that this was an OK album. And it was um, didn't really convert me to become a Key Sweat fan. But, you know, I think there's definitely better, better R&B around that time. And, you know, that I probably like more. But this wasn't this. This was still pleasant enough to listen to. Um so yeah, I mean overall, I, I I think I did enjoy it. Uh, you know, I I do like a good R and B. Um, and uh, yeah, if I had to pick a song, the one I would go with is uh, something just ain't right. That would be uh, that'd be my my choice. Um, so that'd be my choice from this album. So. Cool. Tosh, hit me with it. I know you're thinking. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So I'm probably being super biased because once you put the rose colored glasses on me, like, yeah, no, like, oh, God, God, no. I, I'm just saying. None of this album? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. No to, yes, no to the album. Uh, oh wow, that's the first like straight up no. <laughs> but, but here, here's the deal, like I mean, eh. just, the music, the, the songs itself, it just it, it goes okay, and then he hits a certain stanza when he says words, and you're like, no, no, dude, what are you doing? Like, just like ah, it, it's okay. Let me backtrack a little bit. So 
you know, uh, so like um, Death Cab for Cutie, I Will Possess Your Heart. That's a super creepoid song, right? They're being super creepoids. I'm going to possess your heart, right? It has an awesome lead in. But the rest of that album has like remainder and divider and it has other stuff. I mean, that whole album's like about a breakup and like going through the 12 stages of grief type of thing. This dude. Emo. It's emo. <laughs> yeah. But this dude, like every song, like once I, I'm, once I had the rose color, colored glasses on, I could not see it. Every song, this guy is predatory, stalkerish. Creep boy to the max on every song, and you're like, but he hides it though. Right? You know what I mean? God. <laughs> it's the elevator music you just can't stop listening to with your kids. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, this, <laughs> and and you bring up a good point, but about like, you know, should that mean he should be canceled? I don't know, because I guess where I fall with the canceling part, it's like, if you're a fan, just stop being a fan. Like, that's how you cancel somebody. You don't need to go protest and kick them out of their house, you know, unless you you prove something. But, you know, canceling doesn't mean they have to be punished. To cancel just means, like, I ain't going to listen to you, you know. Um, and, And I think that's where canceling should eventually head is, like, you know, just don't say their name don't listen to the music you know it doesn't have right. to be <laughs> hurt their pocketbook a little bit right, right. It, it doesn't have to be a salem witch trial it doesn't have to be put them on the stake <laughs> in front of the town square because mobs are not good like that's not what canceling should be um but yeah so and what makes what why well, i think this is interesting is the the one that you guys pick pick is also the one i pick which is make it last rare or <laughs> And the only reason why is because she's in it. Because, again, the female has a say. She has agency in the song, which is why that song (laughs) is the one I picked. All the other ones are all from his point of view. And you're like, yeah, no, dude, no. (laughs) I I can't get that of you. (laughs) I I am curious, though. If if you consider it problematic, should it not exist? Well... I mean, okay. If a tree falls in a wood. No, I mean it's a serious question. If you don't, yeah. if you think it's problematic, should it never have been created? Absolutely not. That's not. Yeah, I. Yeah, you need problems. You need give me a problem to solve. Rules are made to be broken. Right. Individuals are made to be expressive. Things are made to be out there. And if you don't push that boundary, you don't know what's out there. Then you never know what will be, because everything right. will be cookie cutter and safe. And I'm not, I'm not mad at the cookie right. cutter or say, I'm not mad at the, at the progressive. I'm not mad at the, the far left that'll come out of the situation and, and it's just straight madness. What I am mad is the lack of accountability with it. That's where I come in. You can't throw a rock and hide your hand. Like if you know that you were, you were messing with girls or you know that you meant to offend somebody, of course you're not going to come out and say it because you know that you're going to get blasted for it. But in some way in the back of your mind, whether it be, you know, donate to some kind of charity or something of that nature, that's the easy way out, right? If you could come out against the situation and then take responsibility for it, like, you know, back then I was doing some crazy stuff, but I changed my ways and I understand that I can't be doing that stuff no more. I can't be talking about that stuff no more. I'm not trying to relive that life. 
I don't know if it's a different me at a different time. I'll be it. I got no problems with that. When you're like, oh, well, you're looking at it wrong and, you know, I, it wasn't meant to be that way and it is what it is. I'm just not going to worry about it. When you're dismissive of it and you're the one who created it, that's a problem. But you and, did like this album at one point. <laughs> one point five, this was one of my favorite yeah. albums. Yeah, because my mom used to play it. So I'm, I'm sitting up here, you know, it's what, 87. So I'm like nine, you know what I'm saying? Listening, eight, nine, listening right. to this shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the jam. Yeah, I'm loving this song. Yeah. And it's I'm like, of, yeah, you yeah. may be young, but because but, I don't know any better. But as I got older right. and started listening to it more, it's like, wait, what the fuck did you say? No. I don't think this would ever have been a choice album for me, just saying. Exactly. exactly. But it was never introduced to me. That way, that song, you know, Make It Last Forever was like, okay, that was on the radio, but, and that was a hit. That was definitely, <laughs> so I can see how this could be a choice album for sure. Right. Um, and don't get it twisted. Not every album that I pick is going to be in association with the theme or where I'm trying to match the two up. I could right. go completely, you know what I'm saying, 180 and throw a lot of different albums just because I love the album. At one point in time, I, and even today, I still love the album per se for the sound. You love to hate it. Not for my own nostalgia, but, yeah. but damn, when I say I've grown up and I've got so much like animosity to <laughs> some of the situations, it's like, yeah. damn you. Like you made me sing your shit. Damn. <laughs> like it pisses me off. <laughs> You made me a monster. Yes. Yeah. Did did I answer your question, Brandon, or, or not really? No, I don't think you really did. I don't. I don't. <laughs> you dance I, I think I think it's a. I think it definitely is a complicated question, and and you know it's not something you can easily answer, or maybe you can, but yeah, I just I you know it's just. Like I said, if if there's something that you don't like or you think that it's offensive, does that mean it shouldn't exist? Yeah. Well, I mean that's hard to say. I mean, because like, absolutely not in my mind. Because I think that's cancel culture extreme. <laughs> that's what's yeah, wrong well, with cancel culture. Right. Not that cancel with, culture is all bad, but right. that's what's wrong with it. Well, and, and 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 that's why I think like the the second part that has to go with it is is not necessarily the canceling, but like the the asterisk in the sense to what needs to go with it that like you know if you like this are you aware of this D- just you know just the disclaimer and if you're aware of it you're aware of it if you're not aware of it like i, I think that's where it, it is is like you know it's not saying that like hey this has no value it's just like are you aware of this well the advisory board uh for explicit lyrics made up of soccer moms has totally become <laughs> how it is for everything everywhere. <laughs> and that's, right, but- that is completely like that censorship at its worst. And censorship is never a fucking good thing. I I guess so. But- <laughs> like I threw that in there. But uh, wow, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no easy answer. I mean, I mean, I mean, but there's not- bad people too. There's bad things, but, right. but I will, I will say this though. Like if there's something that you really love and then it c- turns out that that creator is a horrible human being, yeah. are you all of a sudden going to stop loving something that you've loved for nearly all your life? I can't, you I can't can. just stop liking it. I think about it. Though. You can't, it, it's, it's that old saying, never beat your hero because right. you're always going to be disappointed. And in this situation, um, it took some time for me to adapt to it 
and I've adapted to it and I've, I've gotten over all my anger issues with it mainly because one, I don't believe in, in perverse natures. That's just my stance. But two, um, knowing individuals who have uh, dealt with statutory rape and knowing how, you know, they feel about the situation, whether they agree with it at the time or not, it's a fact of you weren't old enough to make your choice on it. And so now with that being in my mindset and listening to this particular song or this particular individual, we're not talking about him specifically, but I'm talking about in general, listening to those type of individuals. Yeah, it could change my mindset on whether I actually like that music or not. Like there's there's our people that will cancel R. Kelly. He just released the album. The album got pulled from all streaming platforms. And they're they're asking why did it get pulled from all streaming platforms? Well, it's because technically with him being in jail, he's not supposed to make money off of these particular things. So that's why they initially pulled it. But the the underside is they pulled it because it's him and they don't want right. him to, to 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 prosper off of anything. Well, if you're trying to cut somebody's voice out of a legal term, then that's just wrong. Everybody should be able to speak their voice and what they do and how they do it. What What is wrong is you being naive to the situation of what's going on. That, in a point, is where you should throw, take a look at yourself. And if we honestly, or if we just going to go there and I'm going to throw it out there, if we honestly took a look at half of the shit that's out here that we could say we like or don't like or whatever and know that it's wrong for the audience that it's being presented to, you yourself can decide to censor it and then choose not to back it up. But what happens when you get around 30 people that do back it up? Are you supposed to go along with that or are you supposed to stay on your ground? Yeah. That's what I'm asking. I'm asking and anybody can answer. And if there's no answer, then we just leave it as as you know one of those questions and go from there. But are you supposed to stay on your ground on what you like and don't like, or are you supposed to go along with the best just because everybody else likes? It? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Be your own that, person <laughs> for sure. That's well, my message. Be your that, own person. But yeah. that's that's easier said than done sometimes. It, well, if you it, don't want to get mobbed and beaten up or killed, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you're afraid that your answer is going to actually result in physical harm or something, right? But I don't but know. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I there's. There's lesser ones where you're the, the odd one out. You're the you're the freak. You're the weirdo for liking one thing that everybody oh, else hates. Yeah, absolutely. And, That's hard for it is hard to get out of that situation. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so. easy. Yeah. But I don't want to be the one that goes along with everybody else. So. But I have like, you know what? Yeah. Most of the time I don't hold back <laughs> and I say what I want to say. But then you can tell that like, you know, the group hates you. <laughs> for it. It's like, I don't give a shit. Right. Then it just takes longer to get where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to your guns. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> That's my advice. Yeah. My my thing is if if you're gonna be an artist, be an artist. Don't try to censor yourself. You know. But but to the individuals that are around this artist, if y'all know this shit is fucked up, why are you putting that out? Is a dollar really worth that much mm. for that situation? Is is it really that? That, that easy to just shut off thought process and say, okay, I know for a fact that he's talking about something that he just did to somebody, but I'm just going to let it ride because it's going to be a number right. one hit. If you can sleep with yourself at night with that, you know, that's it is what it is, and that's cheap. Me, I couldn't do that. So you were duped into liking an album. <laughs> I was very much so duped because I had no choice. Damn time. it. I had to clean the house to that shit. And so I just labels. fell in love and loved it. And, and it, make it last forever. I put it in my mix and it is what it is. But as far as some of the other songs, like if somebody comes up to request 
right in the wrong way right now, I'm just not going to play that shit. I'm just going to tell them straight out, yeah, I don't have it in the in the inventory. I'm not even going to try to play that. That's just me. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So who has homework? I think it's Damon, right? I think it's yes. Damon. Yes, I do. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> to get like it's so hard to get out of this like mode. <laughs> well, we've done a whole episode um, with uh, uh, cancel culture and that sort of thing. I don't think that this artist is part of that, but everybody is really. I don't know. Um, maybe because it's a female artist. I don't know. But uh, this artist uh, is probably one of my favorites that I never would have thought that I would have liked. And I think the first time I heard her was on SNL and she totally bombed. Uh, <laughs> so and then I was like, this is really fucking weird. I got to check this shit out. And then I started liking more of the stuff and I can't say it's all relatable. I can't relate to all her music because it's coming from a female's perspective and like her life and made up life situations too. They're not all, it's kind of like storytelling, but the femme fatale herself, Lana Del Rey, uh, the album born to die. And I've listened to the paradise edition, but I think you can pick any edition you want, but that's the one I've, I've listened to and grown to like, that was the first one that I, uh, had heard from her. It's not her first album, but, um, there it is. There's your homework. Like it or not. Tag, you're all it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not sure if I've heard that specific album. So you said it was Born to Die. Was the yeah, and I'm sure you've heard songs on it. Oh, actually, I do know that album. Okay, gotcha. I think I know that album, but yeah, okay. So I know I've seen the cover at least. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by that? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> here we go i know no it's fine uh all right so uh i there's nothing else i'm going to do our, our cleaning up stuff it, you're right, clean house i'm going to clean house uh this has been choice <laughs> this has been been choice tracks if you want email us it's choice tracks at uh, gmail.com again we end with a z um or you can find this on our website of choice tracks uh, com. again we end with a z Please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. And I'm still Damon after this whole episode. And I'm maybe young, but I'm ready. And uh, yeah, let's just leave it at that. I'm Dietrich, and uh, we're going to pick up the needle, but you guys keep spinning those first tracks. Hopefully we don't get canceled.